A Philistine's Guide to Literature, an unrefined analysis of superior written works, with your host, Zach Hall. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to A Philistine's Guide to Literature. I'm your host, Zach Hall, and uh, here we are, episode one, the first real episode after, uh, after breaking into Infinite Jest, getting in there, reading the first 75 pages, um, I guess like a little over 6% done, maybe like six and a half, seven, eight percent done with this book already, uh, and time is just flying by, it seems like just yesterday. So really the purpose of this episode is going to be kind of just to go through these first 75 pages and get some first impressions. We've met a bunch of characters so far, literally a ton of characters so far, each one having their own chapter, and uh, kind of learning some of the, 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 the quirks in Wallace's writing style. I mean, he certainly uses some interesting punctuation, some very uh, heavy language, and um, after we got to about page 50 or something like that, he starts really laying on with these uh, these footnotes, um, which we'll get into in a little while here. So I guess to start, the best way to do this is uh, maybe chronologically. So let's uh, let's start in the beginning. Um, so at first we meet uh, we meet Hal in Candenza. What we know about him is he's a he's a tennis player and he's sitting in front of an admissions review board at University of Arizona. Um, so we know that Hal's very good at tennis and that the school really wants him. Some caveats with his application is is that he he seems like he's a very very smart guy and and the board kind of acknowledges this and and I'm giving this background because I think it's important to establish kind of uh, who Hal is because it it leads up to the um, the up- upcoming events here. So he's he's noted at getting very high grades and the grades that he gets um, in his high school is. Um, like A plus 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 plus, and the board even like remarks that that's interesting that a high school is uh, is giving grades that are at a uh, <laughs> like a plus 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 level because it's not even like a real a real thing or whatever. Um, he also writes these super like esoteric essays about just a myriad of topics. He he's only required to submit like three of them or something like that, and he writes nine of them. And the board is frankly impressed by that but I think also kind of put off by that because he has very low test scores and that's kind of what they're there to talk about in this board it's it's not totally um an open and shut case of yeah we want this guy in there certainly I think the board wants him to play tennis at their school but they kind of want to get to the bottom of how because the uh the high grades and the the weird articles that he wrote or the weird essays that he wrote um don't really correlate with the super low test score so um in kind of talking the how or talking at him, rather. Um, Hal's kind of just taking in the room and observing the people, um, giving his his take on, on what's going on around him. He's also accompanied by his uncle. Um, his name is C.T. Um, I think it's it's Charles something. I forget um, what the T stands for. But the uncle's doing a lot of talking for him. And that's important because... It gets to the point where the board demands that Hal says something, and he just he he starts talking about about himself and and how that he doesn't understand why he has to talk and do all this stuff, and that he is very smart and he's talking. So he goes on for that, doing that for a couple pages, and then Hal just kind of and then it, it, it switches perspective to that of the uh, of the the admissions board, and they're in in shock and horror because apparently Hal was just making noises and basically having something like a seizure on the floor. So the whole time that we're reading this, we're, we're meant to believe that Hal is speaking, but he's actually not. He's talking in his head, and in turn, he's just kind of going crazy. 
so that's our first introduction to Hal. It's is is he's just a person who is described as getting excited and he never really talks, but he has these like excited breakdowns in his mind and I don't really know where that's going to go because this book is kind of uh set up I think the words like anachronistically or whatever that that it kind of like starts in one year and kind of moves along. And it's important to say about these years. Um, so it's not like this is year 2001 or 2002 or 2003 or something like that. It's uh, each year has a, has a sponsor. It seems like, so, it, you know, it starts off with like the, the year of glad, like glad, um, like, like trash bags or whatever. So I've kind of tentatively worked out a little bit of a, uh, a schedule for these years. And I think that I had, and how was 18, um, when he went to the, the University of Arizona for his interview. So then the next chapter um, moves over to the April 1st of the year of the Tux medicated pad, where we get a little bit of into Hal's perspective. So the year of the Tux medicated pad is six or seven years before that first chapter. So Hal was about um, 11 years old, or he was, he was 10 about to turn to uh, turn 11, I think. And in that episode, in, uh, in that chapter, Hal's at a, with a therapist, and he's kind of talking about um, it, kind of the same thing. He's, he's the therapist is actually a professional conversationalist, and it turns out that like the, the therapist is like his father or something like this, like pretending to be a therapist, and really it's just to get Hal to talk. And um, we kind of get a glimpse into Hal throughout. We read um, th- as we read a little bit more into this, and that. Hal kind of likes to be left alone. He likes his secrets. Um, like when he goes and smokes pot by himself at the tennis academy, he he likes to do it by himself, and he kind of likes that, uh, that 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 secret world that he has. So maybe, I guess, at first glimpse with Hal, um, I will say, you know, I guess it looks like he's gearing up to be the main character, or at least that a lot of the other characters that we'll get into in a minute kind of revolve around his life and his family and stuff like that. But it looks to me that Hal is... is maybe a loner he's he's kind of maybe troubled um he he's obviously very smart and has some kind of internal you know dialogue with himself whatever but he doesn't really relay that very well to other people and then i think people kind of think he's he's weird because of that and there seems to be this big like contention with like his father or you know what with that being said how he actually communicates pretty well with his younger brother mario they like have a um a scene in the book where they're like in bed talking about religion and God. And he, he kind of brings up his father um, and his mother. He has a weird relationship with, with both of his parents. But I think what I'm trying to get at is that like, maybe the father is kind of like playing. The father was an artist. who's a filmmaker, um, Dr. James Incandenza. And I think that his expression creatively later in life kind of plays against what Hal is. And I think the father so badly wanted Hal to be a communicator, and he's just not. And I think that that kind of created a rift between them because I think there's a lot of weird feelings about the father and Hal and stuff like that. Um, His father has died, so that's an interesting plot point that I think plays into it because in his conversation with Mario, they're kind of, you know, he's kind of talking about how he misses his father and um, his his mother and stuff like that, and they have a lot of really interesting questions about um, 
you know, like God and religion and, and death and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't really know where that's going. Um, and then we enter into Orin. Orin Incandenza. I'm kidding. I'm kind of getting out of uh, out of order here with my, my characters and, and the chronological thing, but I'm on a tangent now with the Incandenza family. And uh, Orin is is Hal's older brother. So there's, there's three brothers. There's Orin, Hal, and Mario. Um, we don't know much about Mario yet, but Orin is very strange. And as I'm reading this, I'm having trouble kind of... Um, when Wallace writes, he doesn't always let you know who's speaking. And I'm having a lot of troubles, especially um, in the, the, the latter half of this uh, section that I read here, the first 75 pages, about who, which Incandenza brother we're, we're, we're speaking to or we're, we're hearing from. Um, because you can, you can obviously tell it's someone in the family because they're, they're both talking about, you know, their parents or something like that, but without explicitly saying it, you don't really know. So I'm led to believe that some of it in the, the later parts are Oren. So Oren is a, he's a, he's a professional football player. He plays for the Arizona Cardinals. He recently just got transferred um, from the New Orleans Saints. Um, and then before that, it sounds like he paid, played for the Patriots in Boston. So he he got transferred. He's in Arizona. I don't think he's very happy with Arizona. Um, Arizona kind of has this um, this weird place in the Incandenza family. It is apparently where the um, the father is from originally, and it seems like they're all they all come back to Arizona. So I think that they they went from Arizona out to Boston, and that's where Hal and the tennis academy and and everything takes place. But it seems like everything is always coming back to Arizona because Hal's trying to go to the University of Arizona, Oren got transferred there. So I'm doing a um, a little bit of extrapolating here, but I think that Arizona is going to play some kind of an important uh, part in this story. I don't know what it is now, but it keeps coming up, and it's a it's a strange, it's kind of a strange place. Um, given everyone's relationship with it. So Oren has these like nightmares and he, he gets these like really terrible night sweats. And I don't really know like exactly what the nightmares that he has are. They're like really, really strange. I'm trying to find a, um, a good example of it, but it, he's like, he's like paranoid or something like that. He has these. He has these. These fears of of being um, like like a, uh, it was something about like a like a pet scan or something like that. And he was watching some kind of a uh, uh, he was watching a, one of these like a cassette tape or something on the television about a pet scan or some kind of of this oh this schizophrenic guy, and the schizophrenic guy was like having like some kind of a breakdown while the doctors were doing these tests on him. And I think that Oren kind of really related to that. So I don't know if uh, Oren is maybe schizophrenic, but I think that might, if he is, maybe he's, he's a pretty high functioning one because he's able to play football and he's able to go out and meet women and do stuff like that. But he has a, uh, he has some, some pretty strange delusions. Um, there was this part about a, his, like his, it, it sounded like, I guess like his, uh, his ability to express empathy because like a bird died like in front of him in this hot tub, like it, it just landed and, and died in a hot tub and he didn't really have any thoughts about it. He kind of like thought of his mother or something like that, which was super weird. And then he has a, a terrible fear of, of roaches or I don't know if it's a fear, but something weird with roaches where he kills them by putting a, they, they come in his bathroom and they don't, he doesn't like them. And he, um, he puts a glass over them 
and they they like basically suffocate. So super strange character there. Um, out of the the characters so far, um, Hal and Orin are ones that I, I don't have a really firm grasp on yet as far as what their what their life is and like what they're doing. Um, yeah, not not really at all. Some characters that I did kind of relate with was um, this one. His name is Eredi, I think is how you would say it or something like that. But um, he's a, uh, he's a, a consumer of, of, of marijuana. And um, I, I really liked how this was, was written. I really thought this was a, um, a really cool chapter because he is kind of um, freaking out. He has a really interesting relationship with marijuana in that he, he kind of despises it and he does it in in very high volumes all at once so like right now he's like waiting for um all this pot to come from this this woman and his goal is just to get all this very high quality large quantity of of pot and just smoke it all at once in order to kind of make him sick and and ruin his his experience with pot um so that he doesn't have to do it again but it's this weird like he can't he can't not do it and he keeps coming back to doing this, but he 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 does it so that he doesn't do it again. I don't know. It's it's kind of strange, but I think the way that it was written was really cool because he's like waiting for this this woman who will never come, and he's he's basically just waiting for this girl that he met, and and she's going to like go get him some pot, and he's having trouble wrestling the fact that like well she said she would come, but she's not here yet, and now she's three hours late. Like what do I do? Do I call her? And he's he's really kind of wrestling with this, and I think he's a really interesting character. I, I have we haven't seen any more of him in the past seventy five pages, but I'm really looking forward to more of him because um, I'm kind of curious to where it's going. And he's also this this kind of connector character, if you will, where his story has been referenced in other in other stories. Um, the the woman that he's buying the the weed from is is getting it from this man who who has snakes in a in a tank and he lives in a trailer and um that character keeps um getting referenced frequently and um so i think that people are starting to kind of get tied in with each other i don't really know how they all relate um so i guess we're looking forward to that um but yeah i'd really like to see more from him i think that he's um he's going to be a super super interesting character um and maybe it's, it's going to be kind of this this linchpin between everybody. I'm, I, I keep thinking of um, that movie um, Crash or whatever, where like everyone meets. And I don't know, maybe that it'll be something like that. I, again, I'm, I'm like totally speculating on some of this stuff. I I don't really know where it's going. Um, a super interesting character, which I know that a bunch of people on the the Reddit page were talking about, was. Um, the year of the in it's in the chapter entitled the year of the trial size dove bar and um it's his character wardine and wardine seems to be some kind of i i don't i don't know what but but the the way of speaking um and the way that this is narrated is interesting so it's kind of spoken in this like um brutal um like really choppy ebonics the the grammar isn't very good and it, to me, looks like product of lack of education or, um, you know, a different culture that was brought up. Maybe this book does take place in, like, kind of a dystopian near future where the entertainment industry has kind of taken over. And I'm, I'm curious to if maybe 
you know, Wardine and Reginald and Clinette and Roy Tony, all these people listed in this chapter are a product of, you know, this this dystopia entertainment driven world where, you know, I think that that right now there are some injustices that that are happening as a result of, you know, lack of education in in urban areas or something like that. And that maybe this is just amplified um, because of the way that, you know, the government is ran and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, they say things like, Wardine say her mama ain't treat her right. Um, Wardine be down my crib. Cry, say her mama ain't treat her right. You know, all these these very strange things. And I just, I, I don't really know where this is going. I thought it was really, really strange. And really the only thing I could focus on when I was reading it was an image of David Foster Wallace writing that. And uh, like, kind of like this nerdy, very smart you know, dude with glasses and long hair and a bandana or whatever, like, like trying to do this. And I don't know, I thought that was like super funny. And that's probably like the most, uh, (laughs) like superficial, like, like no analysis whatsoever of that other than I thought it was funny when the author was, you know, in his room or whatever, like saying this out loud, laughing to himself. So I have no idea really what's going on there. And um, I'm looking forward to reading more about it. I I saw on um, the Reddit page that some people were alluding it to like William Faulkner or whatever, and I've never read that, so I, I have no idea what they're talking about. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just I hope that, I, I hope that, that Wardine's okay. I guess it seems like they have some issues there, and I hope that they get those solved. So I'm sure we'll be um, hearing from them again soon. The end of that chapter also, David Foster Wallace did something that he's he's done a couple times um, throughout my my 75 pages. Is that at the end of a chapter, it'll be totally based on like one character or like one thought or whatever, he'll just totally switch to like someone else. And he won't like, I don't, he'll put like a couple of big spaces to, I think like let everyone know that like, this is a new idea, but I don't know when I'm reading this, I don't know if I should be taking because it's in the same thing or maybe because like it's in the same year. Maybe he's just trying to say that this happened at the same time. I don't know. But what I'm automatically doing is trying to find some kind of connection between um, the first part of the, the chapter of the year or whatever and the second part, because I guess I just want to know why he would put those together. So before we get into a couple of the other characters, I guess it, it goes out saying that's a good segue into just like this, the quirkiness of, of Wallace's writing. It's just like, it's so strange. Like some of the stuff that he does, it, I, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm getting through this better than I think I thought I was or I better than I think I thought I was going to um, in that it's I, I'm with context clues and stuff like that. I'm able to get through a lot of the hard vocabulary, albeit I've, I've had to look up certainly a bunch of words. Um, but the the like where he uses like, you know, he won't he won't use a question mark and like he'll use a comma. And like, I don't, and that, that kind of throws me off because I don't, I don't know. I know that that's kind of maybe like simplistic and people can see beyond that. But my, my, I would just like to ask him like why he does that. And like another weird thing that I saw is that like when he does um, quotations for like when people are speaking, like if they have some kind of a dialogue and it's a direct quote, why he only does one quote instead of like a double quote. So he basically uses just apostrophes on either end. Like, I don't know if that's just something that's, that's archaic and he's being, fancy or or what but like i just you know what i mean i hope that there's not more into some of these these quirks in his writing that i'm not able to pick up 
that is making it um, that, that 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 means that I'm like losing something in reading this because I don't understand you know like the higher brow stuff in this. Um, so let's talk about the footnotes for a second. The footnotes uh, haven't been too bad. I certainly like the ones that explain um, into the into the characters a little bit more. However, I'm not a huge fan of the all the um, the medical ones. I I kind of knew that was going to happen, but I thought that it was going to be different. I think I thought that when he was going to reference the medical manuals and and the obscure stuff in medicine, that it was going to be, you know, like, it wasn't just going to be as, as like, anecdotal or whatever as he's doing it right now. Like, like right now, he'll be like, yeah, you know, Hal and his buddies did benzylmethylfluorine or something like that. And then, or he'll name a, a drug, you know, a name brand drug by name. And then in the footnote, He'll have to, he'll he'll describe its chemical makeup or whatever. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but for me, I don't know what that that doesn't add anything for me other than it just distracts me from from the reading. So I'm I'm certainly reading all of the footnotes and and going through them. However, the medical ones are, are kind of annoying at this point, um, and I don't know if they're wholly necessary for me. I don't know. Again, maybe I'm missing something there. Hard to say. One footnote that I really did enjoy was. Um, James and Candenza's filmography. I thought they were really funny. Um, I'm hoping that everyone was able to like read through those and like, or at least like look at a couple of them. But it looks like he was like kind of all over the place with his filmmaking, and I thought that some of them were really really funny. Um, it looks like at one point he made like a like a softcore porn or something like that, and then he did that one in like his attempts to be like like avant garde or whatever. He did that one where like a a, a child's like paralytic hand or. Yeah, I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, I think paralytic hand or whatever was was like turning pages or something, and I just thought that was so strange. And I don't know. I I think maybe that a lot of the problems that the incandenzas have come from like the father's just weirdness. I mean, he he dressed up as a therapist to talk to his son, and you know all this stuff. So I guess like I can kind of understand maybe why Hal wouldn't want to speak because maybe his father did enough speaking, quote unquote, for all of them. Um, during a young, you know, young impressionable time in Hal's life. A couple of other interesting plot points that I, I'm still really shaky on. I think the biggest one, which which keeps coming back, is this whole like Canadian espionage thing. I have no idea what's going on there. It is some kind of a tie. So uh, Hal's Hal's Hal and Oren's mother is Canadian, um, as is their uncle, and they and she's like in charge of this like. I don't maybe it's a drug ring or or some kind of spy ring or something with the new government and and the government in Quebec or something like that. I don't really know what's going on. I hope that they can they can delve into that a little bit more. I'm assuming they will. Um but but as of right now, it's it's really kind of throwing me off and that's about all I got from it. Um from the from the top is that it just keeps being referenced where they did the whole um burglary bit um, they talk about how the, the, the man who is, who ended up dying in the kitchen on the chair and, um, who was being burglarized, he was like a member of the secret Canadian spy ring or whatever. And I thought that it was really funny that in this, uh, in this dystopian world that Canada seems to be like this like golden place where a lot of the evils of the, uh, of the modern world have been, um, you, you, it's been cleansed of those. Like they've made all these positive changes. Like, um, yeah, I don't know, but, uh, they did something with like, like they got rid of things that were like annoying, like, uh, like, like, 
I don't even know what. I wish that I could find where the, where the page was, but I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Um, but it was basically things that were just like inconveniences to to most people, and that uh, the fact that the 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 Canadian spy guy or whatever had to had to move to America was a selfless sacrifice on his part, and um, I thought that that was really really funny. Um, so. That's that's kind of it as far as the characters. I don't want to keep this too long. Um, this one went for 25 minutes. Time flies. Um, I'm I'm right in the middle of this this Kate Grompet, um, the depressed mental institution girl. She just started talking about marijuana, so I don't want to get too far into that because I think that that's that's certainly a big scene. But I kind of just wanted to end off about you know some of my first impressions with it. I'm excited. I, I really I really like where it's going. It's not as um, it's not as much of a, a, like a burden on my life. Like I was like really nervous. Like I was going to read this, be like, oh my God, this is going to be like, I have to read this, but I'm, I'm actually excited to do it every day. Um, and I, you know, I'm excited about some of these, these loose ends. Um, the drugs and technology are two things that keep really sticking out to me is this, this use of, of technology, that Arab guy watching that video and how that they're, everyone's constantly like watching these like cassette tapes or whatever. And then everyone is kind of um, a world involved around around drugs and stuff so i'm excited to see where it goes with that i'm excited to see where this canadian thing goes i hope that i can get a little more clarity in my reading about about the the mom and kind of her place in the world um and and really just exploring some of these uh i don't i don't know these these characters on the periphery like i hope that i'm not missing something in um in like house friends and stuff like that and and they're they're kind of brought in and out quickly and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, so far so good. I'm, ex- I'm super excited. Um, so I think that's all I have for this week. Um, I'm going to kind of do the same thing next week. Maybe it won't be as all over the place as I, uh, as I kind of get things nailed down a little bit more. Um, but I just want to thank everybody on the Infinite Summer Reddit page. I do appreciate all of the, uh, all of the likes and the uh, the follows, and certainly administrator putting the uh, the podcast over on the side there for the permanent link. Um, that was super cool of you, so thank you. Thanks for tuning in, and if you have anything for for me, certainly feel free to email me. I'm on the Reddit page, kind of, sort of, so going to be kind of using that. But uh, absolutely feel free to tweet me at Hall and Boats. That's H-A-L-L-A-N-D-B-O-A-T-S. Be there to answer your discussion questions. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know if you'd like me to focus on one thing or if you'd like me to stop rambling either one. So uh, at this time, I'll wish you a good week and happy reading and talk to you soon.